0: I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line.
0: Swing it along with the left.
1: Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com.
0: He hits one deep to
1: left field. You bet. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX.
0: A good evening to you. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Pawley. I have you for just one hour tonight? We are taking you till seven o'clock, and that will lead right into our coverage of Thursday night football tonight. The Bengals and the Dolphins match up against each other in Cincinnati. Dolphins are three and zero. The Bengals, the defending AFC champions, have started out one and two. And we will have uh, the call of the game for you. Our coverage is set to start just after seven o'clock. A lot to get to between now and then. If you want to join us, you can do. Do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Today is the final, it's the final off day of the regular season for the Cardinals. You're going to get really, really used to maybe even really, really sick of hearing about the Cardinals and the Pirates, because that's what you're about to get for the next six days. They'll play three games against the Pirates at Bush Stadium tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and then that series will shift to Pittsburgh on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you're wondering why in the world would Major League Baseball ever schedule six straight games against the same team to wrap up the regular season, well, Don't want to give Major League Baseball too much credit because I'm sure in some scenarios they would actually consider doing that, Uh, but this was not a scheduled sort of deal. If you remember, the season started late because of the lockout. Doesn't it feel like forever ago that the lockout was taking place? But the season starts late because of the lockout, and they took the first week, took one of the series from the first week, and just plopped it on at the end of the season, and that's this Pittsburgh series. And then they took another series, and uh, they kind of inserted those games into the season as they went along. So the postseason is actually getting started a little bit later this year than it will in most seasons. And you add in the wild card round, so there is a possibility of the postseason uh, going very, very late this year. Well into November is the possibility for a, a World Series game number seven. I I wasn't going to talk about this but as I as I heard it come out of my mouth I was just thinking about it. This has been an incredible season in Major League Baseball. Now, here in St. Louis we have been right at the epicenter of it. When it comes to storylines, the storylines don't get much better than Albert Pujols hitting his 700th, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright uh setting the battery record. Those are, those are fantastic storylines. The other storyline, obviously, this year that has gotten the big national attention is uh, Aaron Judge and going after now what is the American League record as he has tied Roger Maris uh, with the 61. And ask Roger Maris Jr., by the way, that's the home run record. Don't worry about Barry Bonds. Don't worry about Mark McGuire. That's the home run record. It's, I saw somebody tweet out a picture earlier today of Roger Maris Jr. and Mark McGuire just living it up. When McGuire was in his home run chase, and now here we are, all these years later, and Roger Maris Jr. wants to tell you that these home runs, uh, that the Aaron Judge is the home run king, not uh, not not Bonds, and, and certainly uh, the record even before Bonds got it, the Maguire record should not count. Like it's, it looks so bad on his part. Like it, it looks petty. It just looks petty. There's no reason to say that we can. We can lift up Aaron Judge for what he's doing, and it's really, really cool. And it's good to see a guy like him hit as many home runs as he's hitting. And who knows, maybe he'll break Bonds' record at some point in the next few years. But Roger Maris Jr. is not coming across well in giving any media interview that uh, will talk to him and really dismissing the home run record of Barry Bonds, which also uh, Mark McGuire had more home runs than his dad as well. But anyways, um, this season has been incredible this season this major league baseball season has been nothing short of spectacular and you look at what's going on right now now the american league isn't quite as entertaining uh the divisions have been wrapped up for a while from a wild card perspective god love the baltimore orioles but they're 5 games back with uh a week to go they like they're going they're going to miss out the wild card teams are going to be the blue jays the rays and, uh, and the Mariners. So uh, the American League has not been as compelling. But in the National League, it's been really, really fun to watch these races, and there are still a lot of teams battling it out, the Mets and the Braves, trying to uh, win the NL East. The Braves are back one game with the Mets, and those two teams are going to open up a weekend series against each other. And then what's going on in the wild card, the Philadelphia, I didn't expect this to happen. I did not expect this to happen. I was as wrong as wrong can be on this one. I thought the Phillies were going to maybe not run away with that final wild-card spot, but I, they, they were going to hang on. Like, and their, their current slide that they're in, so they've lost five straight games. That started when they were playing a four-game series against the Braves. And before that four-game and, and going into the slide that they're in right now, they had won three straight. But when you back up a little bit, they have lost four, nine of their last 12 And now all of a sudden the wild card race is really interesting. Even three days ago, right before the Cardinals and Brewers were opening up the series against each other, it seemed unlikely that the Brewers were going to be a playoff team. And what do you know? The Phillies and the Brewers right now have identical 83-72 and records, and the Brewers are playing tonight. So if Milwaukee wins tonight, they would move into that final wild card spot for the Car- I think the Cardinals win the wild card round whether it's the Brewers whether it's the Phillies whether it's the Padres that they play at this point the Padres are 3 games clear of the Phillies and the Brewers so in all likelihood the Padres are going to grab that second wild card so uh, barring something crazy happening it's going to be either the Phillies or the Brewers I think they win either one of those series but I would be a whole lot more comfortable if they were playing against the Phillies and the Phillies are a really good offensive club and that can be scary. And they've got some really good hitters in the middle of their order, but it continues to worry me that if you're going to face off against the Brewers, you're going to see the defending Cy Young award winner in Corbin Burns. And you're going to see a guy who is just absolutely shoving right now in Brandon Woodruff. And it's a three game series. And you're seeing those two guys in a three game series that, um, that makes me pause for, for just a moment. So I think if you are a Cardinals fan, the safe bet is to root for the Phillies. You know, knock on wood, that comes back to bite you. Watch them play the Phillies and, and lose the first two games and their season be over. And you can come back at me and tell me I had no clue what I was talking about. But personally, I would just be a little bit more comfortable if the Cardinals end up playing the Phillies in that wild card round, which is going to begin next Friday at Busch Stadium. All right, uh, when we return, we are going to uh, bring in a guy who covers Major League Baseball for MLB Network Radio. He's a former broadcaster for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, good guy, funny guy, and I always enjoy being able to talk to him. He is uh, Mike Farron, and he joins us next as we continue on at Sports Open Line on KMOX.
1: Driven by the Bomberito Automotive Group, the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All the news and all that matters to you, the voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
0: Sports online does continue here on a Thursday evening, off night for the Cardinals, final off night of the regular season, and then six straight against Pittsburgh starting tomorrow. They'll play three here in St. Louis, and then they will play three in Pittsburgh to wrap up the regular season. Right now, we're going to bring in a guy who uh, covers baseball, talks baseball for MLB Network Radio. He is uh, Mike Farron. You can follow him on Twitter, Mike underscore F-E-R-R-I-N. Mike, thanks so much for your time. How are you?
1: I'm good, Matt. It's good to be with
0: you. Yeah, so um, we, you were brought up on this program recently because oh, no. we had uh, Rob Beertonful on, and in his Twitter <laughs> bio, it says, I tell dad jokes. So I thought I was going to toss him a softball and ask for his best dad joke. He didn't have anything at the moment, and he, uh, he just brought up something that you had tweeted out. So you were talked about in that fashion uh, very recently.
1: You know, I, I'm very proud of my dad joke game, especially since uh, I don't have children. I only have three dogs. So um, the nice thing is that they're actually a pretty good audience because they don't yell at you when you make those jokes. So I leave that to
0: my wife. Have you trained the dogs to laugh at your jokes? Um, no, they tend to,
1: like, look at me and leave the room. But <laughs> I think if I walked around with treats in my pocket, they might enjoy the routine more. So.
0: Fair enough. I was just talking about this a moment ago. Like for For a season that started with a lockout, it feels like the lockout was years ago. And here in St. Louis, we've been watching the pool stuff and the Wainwright Molina stuff. And obviously a team that's very competitive and has very high aspirations for what they want to do in the playoffs. But there's been so many other great stories, obviously what Aaron Judge is doing right now. But even beyond that, this has turned into just a fantastic season.
1: Yeah, it really has. And I think one of the things that's been interesting about it has been the number of individual performances. I mean, obviously, Pujols and Judge have carried the day with most of that. But, you know, you just saw what Zach gallon of the Diamondbacks have a 40, or nearly 45 consecutive inning scoreless streak, for example, right? Miggy reached a milestone early uh, this year with 3,000 hits. Like, there, there's just a number of different things that have happened over the course of the year. And now I may be on that wrong. I can't remember if you got to 3,000. That's 500 homers this year, but um, they have, one happened late last year. The other happened early this year, but at the same time, like there's just been these great individual performances. Um, the pennant races haven't been like crazy great. Um, and, you know, some of that is the product of adding you know, the extra team, although I don't think that this is going to be the case every year with this, but it has been exciting. We have seen a, a ton of young talent. I feel like the pace has picked up in the game with the use of pitch and, um, you know, obviously it's going to be significantly better down the road with, with the pitch timer as well. So things are, things are certainly trending up, I think for baseball and I'm with you. I think it's been a really entertaining
0: year. Did your dogs think that you just told a joke? Uh, no, they just like they're
1: the thing is they're traditionalists. They're not a big fan of Fitchcom or the pitch timer. <laughs> and so like they just they squawk about it all the time. It's like you know it's incre- incredible. Like they even take callers at home.
0: Oh, that's that's great. Uh, well, as you've watched the pool stuff from afar, like, did did you ever think that when he came back to St. Louis that he had a legit shot at seven hundred?
1: You know, we talked about it early in the year and thought it was going to be difficult just based on the way he would played the last several years and seeing as he was likely going to be a platoon DH. I mean, hitting 21 home runs this season didn't seem like it was reasonable. Um, but now, obviously, I mean, I think I think it is a major story. And and no disrespect to Judge, who obviously has been tremendous and has won off the American League record, or having the American League record on his own. Um, for home runs in a single season and has a legitimate chance to win the triple crown in the American league while also hitting 60 homers. Like that's, that's a pretty ridiculous feat, right? Like what he's doing, but 700 home runs from Albert just felt so incredible. I mean, you're talking about what four guys who've done it in major league history. You're talking about an inner circle hall of famer and one of, if not, you know, the, the certainly the greatest right-handed hitter over the last, you know, 30 years in baseball. And, and on the short list for the greatest right-handed hitters of all time, he's up there with, you know, Mays and, and Aaron in that regard. Um, I think it was fitting that he got to that. And, you know, I and I saw Bob Nightingale tweet this and I've, I've talked about it a little bit. And I realized that there's Other pieces of revisionist history that go into this too because like if we were to go back to the 40s and 50s and there was no World War II or no Korean War you know Ted Williams would have ended up probably close to 700 home runs but for Pujols losing most of the 2020 season likely caused him a chance to pass Babe Ruth on the all-time home run list Um, and that would have been significant as well so I think I think it's been an unbelievable story. I think it's one of the coolest things that we've seen. Um, the ramp up for 700 felt like the ramp up for 500 when we were kids. Um, and so I, I really, I've enjoyed that. I think it's been great. And, you know, like you're talking about one of the really good people in the game, in addition to being a great player, and um, at least in the way he's treated other people around baseball and, um, you know, the work that he has done charitably. Like, I think I think it's a really, I think it was really important for the sport to have Pujols have that moment. And it gave us a chance to remember him, you know, the way we saw him for most of his career and certainly his career in St. Louis is a dominant offensive force.
0: It's really interesting because as we've been talking around here, what has to happen for the Cardinals to have a deep playoff run? Obviously they need starting pitching to come through. Goldschmidt and Arnado need to be Goldschmidt and Arnado, but now the next sentence on those statements is always, and Pulis has got to hit you some home runs in the postseason. So not only is it something where it's really cool, he's hit 700. All of a sudden, he's a big part of the equation for the Cardinals to have the success they want to have.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there are probably some other spots that are more important there, and I think you hit on the starting pitching. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm like, the starting pitching is fine. Like, it, it just isn't maybe quite as high-end as some of the other teams that they're going to face in the postseason. And, you know, even if, depending on what ends up happening with the last wild chart spot, I mean, I'm sure that you guys have seen enough of Woodruff and Burns to know that that's, no, that, you know, even with Milwaukee's offensive and, and bullpen issues, like you don't want to face those guys, right? So, so I think Pujols certainly providing some thump a little bit further down in the lineup is going to help, but I think it's going to be more incumbent on the guys ahead of Arenado and Goldschmidt to create run scoring opportunities. You know, Brendan Donovan to me is one of the real key guys in their lineup because he's the purest on base threat they have. I I know he doesn't run a whole lot, but you know, that helps to extend games, turn the lineup over, you know, Tommy Edmund has done a really nice job this year. I know most of his, you know, pop comes from the right side, but like there are, there are guys that I think are maybe more important in my estimation, than Pujols is to their success in the postseason. Not that, you know, Albert couldn't take over a game. I just think it's a little less likely against some of the premium right-handers that they're going to face. But if you get him in the right spot where he has to face a, where he gets to face a lefty, you know, especially if you're you're either a tiring starter or someone in the middle innings, I think pools becomes a big factor. But I think there's there's some other offensive pieces to me that are more important for the Cardinals to have a deep run than where Albert sits.
0: Mike Farron from MLB Network Radio, continue to join us now. Before I was in this chair, you were a guest on this program. I didn't hear the audio, but I was told that you basically said that you expected the Brewers to win this division, win 100-plus games. I don't say that to, like, say that you were wrong about something. I'm wrong about stuff all the time. I say that to just dive into it a little bit. When you look at what happened in this division, is it more about the Cardinal surge or is it more about the Brewers falling off?
1: I mean, I think it's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. I mean, I think the, the, you know, like just looking at Milwaukee, Their offense is better than it was a year ago. They're pretty home run dependent, um, but they do draw some walks and it's not a great offensive team, but it's better than I think its reputation is. Their bigger issue has been in the bullpen, which, you know, I know a lot was made of the hater deal, um, but their bullpen wasn't good for the month leading up to that. And I think that's a major reason why they didn't just trade hater, but wanted to try and, address up by adding what four other guys, although Trevor Rosenthal, you know, isn't, isn't obviously hasn't performed for them, hasn't pitched at all for them because he was hurt when they traded for him and he couldn't get back on the mound. So, I think there were a couple of those things that were factors there, and you know, listen, listen Woodruff and, and Burns are great, but they haven't been. Burns hasn't been, you know, to that uh, that unbelievable level that he was a year ago, which I think is reasonable to to understand. You know, Peralta has missed a good chunk of time. Hauser hasn't been effective um, when he has been healthy, and he hasn't been healthy all that often. So I think there's a number of reasons there, but I think the depth of the Cardinals' young players and some of the production that they've gotten from you know, those guys has really helped. And I think that extends to the bullpen as well. You know, Ryan Helsley becoming an all-star is a huge reason why the Cardinals are where they are. I mean, pairing him with Giovanni Gallegos is really important. Andre Polente is, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys that come out of the bullpen that have that breaking ball power-arm combination. And so I think there's there are a couple of factors that are, um, you know, either improvements or guys that maybe maybe externally Um, You know, and on the national scene, we weren't really counting on being key contributors to the Cardinals this year that helped to push it there, along with some uneven performances from Milwaukee. But, um, you know, listen, this is a really good Cardinals team. And the fact that they've gotten, you know, MVP caliber performances from both of their corner infielders. Is another part of it. I mean, you know, I, it's basically a dead heat in winds Above Replacement between Goldschmidt and Arenado, and it would be like trying to pick your favorite dessert. I think, but what trying to pick between the two of them right now is to. Uh, I don't. Definitely...
0: Mike, still so there? Oh.
1: Yeah, I'm still here. You hear me?
0: Yeah, your phone just dropped for a second, but we got you back now. Okay.
1: Right, I will I was f- just saying, I, I was just saying, Goldschmidt, you know, is so selective, and Arenado is so aggressive that it gives you kind of a pick your poison if you're another team and who you want to try and face. And neither of them are easy.
0: Let me finish you off with this. Uh, I think the most compelling race left is this Brewers-Phillies thing with all due respect to the, mm-hmm. the Braves and, and the Mets. The loser of that still is a postseason team, uh, even if they don't uh, win the division. But this, this Phillies team is just falling flat on their face. They can't win games against bad teams. It feels like the Brewers are just treading water, and treading water is enough for them to kind of hunt down the Phillies. What are your expectations for this next week and what's going to happen there for that final NL wild card?
1: Yeah, I, I I wish I had a crystal ball. I mean, obviously my predictions on the Brewers haven't come particularly true this year. So, um, you know, I think the one thing to keep in mind is that while Milwaukee, you know, if they win tonight, will move ahead of Philadelphia in the standings. Um, they still don't control their own destiny, which is kind of crazy to think, right? Because there is no tiebreaker game anymore. And since the Phillies won the season series from Milwaukee, Um, if they finish even in the loss column, you know, and in in the standings, then Philadelphia is going to the playoffs and Milwaukee is going home. So, there's still a lot of work to be done for the Brewers in that regard. Now, they have an easier schedule, certainly, than um, Philadelphia does. Philly's got a doubleheader now tomorrow against Washington, and Washington, you know, has lost 100 games, so that's not that hard. But then they go to Houston to finish the year, um, and that's an Astros team that's going to play their regulars all the way through because they're going to have a bye in the first round whereas Milwaukee's home against you know, Miami and, and Arizona, and they're going to have to face Sandy Alcantara and Zach in those during this homestand. So it's not easy there, but it would seem to give them a little bit of an edge. But I think it's just too difficult to handicap at this point. I mean, you know, I thought it was a good sign for the Phillies today that Harper had three hits and they were kind of singles all over the field. That tends to get him back locked in. They're going to need some power production out of him. Really, their offense has been almost identical. I just saw some numbers on MLB Network tonight. Almost identical since Harper came back to what it was before. Their pitching has been worse. Um, but I also think that you're going to see, you know, another you get at least one and maybe two more starts out of Zach Wheeler here um, that are going to help them, you know. And, and Aaron Nola has been very good, although he hasn't received a ton of run support. You know, Ranger Suarez threw the ball well again today at Wrigley. Like, those are guys that are capable of being a good Houston offense. Um, I think Wheeler's actually going Sunday against Washington. So they, you, you've got to line up some wins. I think they still have a chance. But, um, man, it's it's kind of crazy that the Brewers haven't gone out and kind of claimed this spot so much as the Phillies have let them back in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is Mike Farron. You can hear him on MLB Network Radio. Follow him on Twitter, Mike underscore F-E-R-R-I-N. Mike, thanks so much for your time. This was great. Hopefully we can uh, maybe catch back up with you during the uh, playoffs.
1: Yeah, man, I always appreciate you uh, the, the calling that, and we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Awesome. There's Mike Farron joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate his time. Great information, great information from him. He's as good as he gets in terms of just being locked in on every single team, and uh, he had some really good information there uh, on his thoughts on the Cardinals. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk baseball. We'll look around uh, these playoff races that are going on. He mentioned uh, the Phillies and their record when Bryce Harper is there and not there. Uh, I'll pass those numbers along. To you because they are pretty darn interesting. We'll do that coming up in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sunday night, it's Chiefs football as they take on the Buccaneers.
1: Pre-game at six, kickoff 720, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Sunday night. Touchdown! Kansas City! And you can hear the game on 97-1 FM Talk.
0: Sports Line does continue here on KMOX. Got you for just an hour today as we're leading you into Thursday night football. Dolphins, Bengals tonight. That game is going to kick off at 7.15. You just heard the promo for uh, the Chiefs game coming up on Sunday night. That is going to be played in Tampa. That's the plan as of now. They had made plans to be able to play that game in Minneapolis, if need be, if uh, they could not play it there due to weather. Uh, But the hurricane mostly missing uh, Tampa in terms of the really heavy, really dangerous stuff. So they're going to be able to play that game. I know the Buccaneers have been practicing in Miami this week. Uh, the Vikings are playing a London game, so they're not anywhere near their facility. They've already gone to London, so that uh, opened up their uh, their stadium to be used, if it had to be, but it doesn't have to be. They're going to play that game. And as you heard, it's going to be on our sister station, 97.1 FM Talk, because we're going to have St. Louis SC2 action uh, right here. They are going to be hosting the conference final, and uh, we'll have all the action of that coming up on Sunday evening. We'll have that uh, after Cardinals baseball. Just had Mike Farron on a few moments ago to talk about the uh, playoff race and what's going on. So if the season ended right now, like literally right now, at 6.40 p.m. on Thursday, September 29th, the Cardinals would be playing the Phillies in the wildcard round. That's because the Phillies and the Brewers have an identical 83-72 and record. However, the Brewers are playing night. So if the Brewers win tonight, they'll jump a half game in front of the Phillies, and they would be, and then be holding that third wild card, and it would be the Brewers who the Cardinals would host in a Friday-Saturday-Sunday series uh, coming up next weekend. If the Brewers and Phillies do end up with the same record, it'll be the Phillies who get in. They've got the tiebreaker. No more game 163s. You just use the tiebreaker. So if the Brewers and Phillies end up um, tying, it's the Phillies that are in. And if you're the Brewers at that point, You're thinking back to your game against the Phillies in like April or May and going, what, you know, if if a game goes a little bit differently, maybe things look different, but that's the way things work. Every game matters in a 162 game season. So here were the numbers that I think uh, Mike Farron was alluding to the Philadelphia Phillies, who just can't, they just can't get out of their own way right now. They are losing game after game after game against not very good teams. They just got swept by the Cubs, and they have lost five games overall. Uh, You would think that they would be a better team. You would think that they would be a better team when Bryce Harper is in the starting lineup. Not so fast. Their record with him in the starting lineup, 46-46, and so they have a five hundred record. Their record without Bryce Harper is, is 37 and 26 so a 587 winning percentage without harper in the starting lineup a 500 winning percentage with him sometimes baseball just does not make any sense whatsoever uh danny vietti who uh, covers major league baseball for uh, cbs sports he had uh, tweeted that out earlier today so i didn't look that up myself i stole that information but uh, the information remains very interesting when it comes to the phillies and like i said earlier the Phillies don't really scare me. Like that, That's the team that I would much rather see the Cardinals play in that first round. You just don't know what's going to happen here over the next few days. I i don't like the idea of playing division opponents in the postseason as well. I think when you—maybe this will be a little bit different moving forward. I don't know, because with the schedule changes for next year where you're going to play every sing, every single team in baseball at least once— You're not going to see your division opponents as much anymore. Right now I think it's, what, 19 games against division opponents per year. I think it's going down to 13 for next year. Uh, If if that's not the exact number, it's, it's right there in that neighborhood. So it's still a lot. You still see your divisional opponents more than you see any other opponents. But there's something about seeing teams over and over and over that kind of evens things out. Like you can have one team that's really good, like the Cardinals, and you can have a team that's really bad like the Reds, like the Cubs, and all of a sudden you see each other so often, to me it feels like that kind of evens it out. And that's what makes it a little bit scary. And then the Brewers aren't a bad team. They're not a bad team. So that's another reason to maybe try to uh, avoid them. Had this bit of news uh, earlier today. I think this is really cool. Yadier Molina, who obviously is retiring at the end of the season. Sidebar on that, by the way, if you have tickets to Sunday's game, they are doing a pre a pregame celebration of Puljols and Molina. The Cardinals are telling fans get to the ballpark early. That's going to be a full house. They're going to start that presentation uh, fairly early. That's one where you don't want to be stuck standing outside the stadium waiting in line, waiting to go through security as that's going on on the field. So if you've got tickets on Sunday, get in there. Get in there as soon as you possibly can uh, so you're ready to see what's going to be a really cool moment. Because this weekend is the final opportunity for us to really honor those guys as individuals. Because once the playoffs start, the individual aspect of things doesn't matter. Doesn't matter One iota. Once you are into the playoffs, it's all about the team. And right now, there's still an opportunity to focus in on the individual. So it's going to be a really, really cool weekend at Busch Stadium honoring uh, those two guys. But Molina's already got another gig lined up for once he uh, gets done playing. He has been named by Puerto Rico's Baseball Federation that he is going to manage the uh, Puerto Rican team in next spring's World Baseball Classic he is somebody already had uh, committed to managing a team this year in the uh, Venezuelan Professional Baseball League that's a winter ball team. So he's going to be pretty busy here when it comes to this. Not quite as busy as being a player, not going through the 162-game grind. I talked about this earlier today. I was on the show uh, with uh, Kevin, Amy, and Chris, and uh, they asked me whether or not I thought maybe Molina could be a major league manager one day. And my answer to that is, Yes, but probably not anytime soon, because I just I can't imagine playing baseball for 19 years and then wanting to as soon as it's done, wanting to jump right back into the grind. And if you're a manager, if you're a coach, uh, if you're a minor league coach or a minor league manager, the grind is tougher than what it is for a major league player. Now, maybe it's a little bit different when you're a catcher because Molina is so much in the middle of game planning and pitchers' meetings and, and everything that goes on. So his day is a little bit more strenuous than, say, any other position player or most other pitchers. Uh, but still, it's it's different. It's different. And your day doesn't end. If you're a minor league manager, the game comes to an end, and you're sitting in your office on your computer filing up reports so your farm director or whoever else can go read the the daily reports. Like There's a lot of... Um, Nitpicky minutia that goes along with, uh, be working in the minor league. So I don't know. I think I think Molina's future is going to be coming into spring training for a week or two, being a a special instructor, Uh, maybe during the season. uh, If you're the Cardinals, hey, can you go check out our double A team for a weekend and take a look at this guy and work with him a little bit? Like teams do that. The idea of him jumping right back into like a full-time baseball job as soon as his playing career comes to an end, to me that seems unlikely. But it does say, says a lot that he's, his career is ending as a player, and boom, he's going to be managing in Winter League, and boom, he's going to be uh, in managing a World Baseball Classic team. It says a lot about Yadier Molina. Quick sidebar on that, by the way, Derek Gould has a story that posted today at STL Today. I don't know if it's going to be in tomorrow's paper, if it's going to be in the weekend special edition, whatever. It gets into Molina and what he does as a catcher and kind of his background and everything. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It was one of my favorite reads. Uh, Gould had the one the other day after Pulse's 700, uh, talking to uh, the Bat Boy in Los Angeles. That was great, and he hit one out of the park once again. Uh, so definitely read that if you have not yet. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really, really good. All right, one more break. We'll come back proof that we as a culture are getting more and more lazy and i'm right in the middle of it i'll explain as we wrap things up in just a moment it's sports open line on kmox work
1: welcome back to the meyer jensen sports open line swing it along with the
0: left that's a grand slam for Yadier molina
1: this is sports open line on kmox
0: just a few minutes left in the program. We are taking you till Thursday night football as the uh, Dolphins and the Bengals are going to match up against each other in Cincinnati. I have long thought that we as like a, a culture, civilization, we're probably getting a little bit lazier out there, but I realized today that maybe I'm right there with everybody. I found myself in a position where I went, wow, this is one of the laziest things I've ever done. However... It was also something I'm probably going to do again. So I I get workouts in every day. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm proud of my, uh, my workout streak. In the middle of uh, the pandemic, when I wasn't working a whole lot and I was just trying to find some positive things, I said, you know what, I'm going to start working out a lot. And today was the 846th straight day that I've gotten a workout in. I'm very proud of my workout streak that I keep going. But I'm always tight. I always hurt. So I'm on Facebook the other day. And I see an ad for one of those stretching places where they stretch you. Now you should be able to stretch yourself. I don't stretch. Like I'm, I'm, I know I should, but I don't stretch when I'm going. Like before I work out, never. After I work out, sometimes I do a little bit, but I do not stretch whatsoever. So I ended up going to the stretching place today, and I'm on a table and I'm sitting there being stretched. Now Matt Pajeski, he also works out on pretty much an everyday basis. But, Matt, you are a little bit different than me. You are very good when it comes to uh, stretching, correct? I try to stretch before the workout, not so much after the workout. But, you know, I feel like if I don't, I'm at risk of injury. Would you ever go to a stretching place like I do where you lay on a table and they stretch you out? Uh, I hadn't crossed my mind up until you brought it up. So if uh, I can get a, a free a free session, then, yeah, I'll uh I'll consider it. It was free. I'll, I'll say that. Like, they okay. gave you your first stretch free, and it felt good. You, I kind of felt bad about myself. At one point, I'm laying on uh, on my back, and they're like, all right, you need to lift your leg, and you should be able to bring it up to about 90 degrees. And about 45 degrees, uh, my leg just stopped moving. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you've uh, you've got some tightness in there. It's, it's probably one of those things that everybody should do. but Right. But, but, but nobody does. So it's both lazy and a good thing. Here's the one, that, and you brought this up to me earlier. It seems lazy, but if somebody is stretching you, well then they are putting you into some positions that you probably can't get yourself into yourself. Like when they're adding that extra pressure on, like there are there's some things going on that I by myself probably could not put myself yeah. into that position. And they know all the muscles and the tendons and all the tight spots that we normally wouldn't know. So I'm debating now. I think I want to go back, but I have to, you know today was my free session. I have to start paying if I go back. I think I'm going to. That's the plan. I uh, don't know how often I'm going to go. It felt good. I felt very uh, insecure <laughs> when they told me that I uh, I did not uh, my legs did not go back as far as they need to. So we'll keep you updated on that situation. All right, uh, we end things kind of on a fun note as we uh, we're just done. We're done after one hour today because we have a Thursday night football for you. It is the Bengals and the Dolphins being played in Cincinnati. Cincinnati uh, favored by four. Kickoff coming up in about 20 minutes. It'll be uh, right here on KMOX. It's time to support your favorite MLB superstars and let your voice be heard with the 2024 MLB All-Star Ballot presented by BuildSubmarines.com. Oh! That's right. You get to help choose the starting lineups for the Midsummer Classic and decide who represents your team at the MLB All-Star Game presented by MasterCard this summer in Arlington. So make your picks today at MLB.com slash vote. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.